What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is episode 126, an NFL Wednesday on a Wednesday. Sean and I had a little bye week last week. Sean was kind of shitting on me about the Jets to start right after we talked trade deadline. Then we talked about the Giants. Went up and down the league from week 8. It was pretty much chalk this past week. After that, we went over our picks from week 7. I am still beating Sean, and the Sperm Bank pick of the week is hotter than ever right now, so you guys should be betting your money on that, getting to the Sperm Bank, doing what you got to do. And then we made our picks for the week up and coming. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Follow us on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com. Shoot us an email if you have anything to say, SorrySports at Yahoo.com. And enjoy the pod. We will talk to you guys on Monday. Welcome back to Sorry to Interrupt. We're here for an NFL Wednesday. Uh, we thought we were going to be in the studio. Uh, Tom, that didn't happen. What's Life going on, man? Way, bro. Got to pay the bills. Yeah. I thought, uh, what's Dino Hypeco doing right now? Dino Hypeco's doing all right, but uh, not well enough to pay bills yet. Okay. Well, hopefully it gets better, because I was looking forward to doing the studio, but we're recording... We're starting at 10 p.m. Eastern time we'll here on a Wednesday, but we about it. we were devoted to get it in. I was just looking forward to seeing you, man. It's been a long time. And uh, either way, we're ready to go, so let's get into it. Before we get into the games, um, obviously we didn't do last week, so when we review our picks, it's going to be from week seven, uh, not from week eight, we and then we will, just jump, we will just jump into week nine picks. Exactly. So... That's what we're gonna do, or that's what we're gonna do, and we'll go from there. Um, anyway, let's start with the trade deadline that had a lot of hype. Nothing really fucking happened, dude. Um, the only real trade was between the two New York teams, which that's the first time it has ever happened. The Jets traded Leonard Williams to the Giants for a third round pick in 2020 and a fifth-round pick that could turn into a fourth-round pick in 2021 if the Giants re-sign him. What were your thoughts on this move as a Jet fan before I give my perspective as a Giant fan? should talk to the Mets and the Yankees first because that's a long time coming, and they should definitely make a deal, maybe a Syndergaard, cough, cough. Um, you know, uh, this team is... Let's just say they're in shambles and take all the pick equity you can get. Honestly, I think you can get a little more for him because he's one of the best interior alignment in the league. But I'm sure they tried and they couldn't. Yeah, I mean, the thing is... Do you really these, think they wanted to trade him to the Giants for a third and a fifth? No, you're right about that. I, I just think that he's a really talented player. But again, by the time you're good... He's going to be looking for a new deal. You're not going to want to give it to him anyways. Most likely you'll have a little more cap tied up. You got what you could for him, and and you learn your lesson from Mo Wilkerson and, and Sheldon Richardson just not to give these guys money when they get a little disgruntled, and the word was that he was a little disgruntled. So Quinn Williams and, and my baby boy Sam Darnold, that's pretty much all I got. You know, they didn't trade Le'Veon Bell, but what's he really going to do when they stack the box on him every week? From the trade, 
I'm happy with what they got for him. I guess I'll have to be happy because it happened. Um, and for the season, I'm just sad, Sean. I'm just sad. Yeah, I'm going to talk more about your team's, you know, overall trade deadline in a second. But as far as this move is concerned from the Jets, before I talk about it from the Giants, this was the best they could do, clearly. They were going to move him. They had to move him. You didn't want another Muhammad Wilkerson situation. So, okay, you take the best offer, which was a third-round pick next year, and you guys need all the help you can get. You're going to have Joe Douglas making your draft picks in 2020, so you hope that he's able to recognize town and you don't have another Jockey Polite situation. Um, And, okay, so you get another asset there. The fifth-round pick in 2021 will turn into a fourth because I'm almost positive the Giants will re-sign him to a long-term extension. I can't possibly imagine the Giants are inept enough to sign him for a team that's currently 2-6 and six and not re-sign him long-term. So you'll get a fourth-round pick in 2021 out of it, too. Okay, fine. You believe he's a better player and you should have gotten more. The market didn't indicate that he was going to get that in return, so... You at least moved off from him. I'll give you credit for doing that. From the Giants' perspective on this trade, he was one of the three defensive free agents that I really wanted to see the Giants go after. I wanted Leonard Williams, I wanted Byron Jones, and I wanted Shaq Barrett. So you get one of them in a trade with the Crosstown Rivals. You give up a third-round pick, which isn't ideal for a team that is, you know, not all that good, and third-round picks matter when you're not all that good. However, third-round picks have about a 25% chance of hitting. And you get a Leonard Williams who, if you log up to a long-term deal, he immediately fits on a defensive line that entails Dalvin Tomlinson and Dexter Lawrence. And that's really good. So I'm going to happily take that and assume that the third-round pick will not turn into a player the caliber of um, of Williams. As far as the, going forward from the Giants, just make sure he's acculturated in the system and, and learns Betcher's defense. Because even though I'm not a Betcher guy, I have a strong suspicion that he will be back for a third year next year. And the one thing he has done is he has drastically improved the Giants' run defense and their pass rush. Their secondary is a sieve. Their linebacking core is horrible, but they can at least play run defense, and they can get after the quarterback a little bit better than they have in the last few years, and Leonard Williams will do that, right? Absolutely, yeah. He'll, he'll, get, he'll get after the quarterback better than most interior linemen, and he's a very good run stopper as well. Okay, so so I think it's a win for the Giants, and I think the Jets did the best they could because when we move on, we're going to talk about Jamal Adams right now. Now, I'm going to tell you this right off the bat. I've always been a Jamal Adams supporter. I think he's good for that clubhouse. I think he's good for a secondary that doesn't have any corners. He makes up for a lot of poor play in the secondary for a New York Jet defense. But you know what a safety is in the NFL, right? It's a luxury. If your best player is a safety, that's a problem. And that's what the Jets are currently staring at. And 
I understand that they had a high price tag on him because really they're going to have him for another two years. His last year of his deal is this coming season, 2020-2021, and then you could place the franchise tag on him if you so choose. After that, who knows? But you better get good return on investment for him. And he's comparing himself. I don't know. Did you hear the press conference from him today? No. Okay. He said, well, the Rams don't listen on Aaron Donald, and the Patriots don't listen on Tom Brady. Okay, I don't know what fantasy world this guy's living in, but unless I have no idea what football is, he's not either of those guys. So the Jets, I guarantee you, were ready to trade him. I don't. I think it's an idiotic, stupid comp, and it's, it's, it's arrogance. It's not confidence. That's a good point. You're... I'm sorry. Like, you haven't won shit. You're a safety in the NFL. You might be a really nice player, but here's if, if I'm the Jets, here's what I'm saying. We tried to trade you, man. We know you don't want to be here. And you know what? We tried to trade you. And the team that wanted you wouldn't even give a first-rounder for you. So how good are you really? We're not trading you for a third-round pick. So you better buckle up and enjoy being a New York Jet. Because we're not trading you for a third-round pick. We value you. We think you're good. We'd like to have you long-term. But we'll also recognize that we can trade you. But for what we believe is equal value. And nobody believed that you were worth the value that we placed on you. So shut the fuck up and play football and be a team leader. Because as Le'Veon Bell, who has accomplished a lot more in this league than Jamal Adams is saying, hey, winning is a process and I'm happy to be a Jet. This guy's talking about how he won't talk to his general manager because his feelings are hurt. That's a problem. I agree with you, man. It's it's not a good optic. That's the Jets for you. As you can hear in my voice, I'm a little, I'm a little depressed about this. Um, things just aren't going well in New York. I, I don't get it. I really, truly don't get it. Um, I don't blame the Jets for not trading him. I think he's I think he's as good as gone in the offseason. But when you have a trade deadline to meet, you're not going to undervalue and undersell an asset like Jamal Adams. You're not just going to get a guy think, away, especially with the amount of you years can't. left. Exactly, man. You just can't. So I think the Jets had a disaster of a trade deadline. You trade a great player to your crosstown rival. The best you can get was a third-round pick and a conditional fifth or fourth in the in the following season. You didn't trade your best player because the value you put on him was not matched by any potential buyer. And other than that, you didn't have anything else to give. So real issues there. Uh, I would have there. liked to have seen Robbie Anderson even go for a for a fourth rounder. You can't. Round. You can't. You got to see what Darnold has, and if you take away weapons, you you can't. Which leads me to my next point. I have long been a Sam Darnold apologist. I think he's dealt a bad situation. I think the Jets stink. Their offensive line makes the Giants look like the New England Patriots. They don't have a lot of great skill position players. You have a Jameson Crowder. You have a Robbie Anderson. You obviously have a Le'Veon Bell. There's not much else there, right? Like, there's, there's there's really not much else there. Although, this is his second season in the NFL. Albeit injury-plagued in years one and two, but this is his second year. 
and his second head coach and his second GM, which is never good for young quarterbacks. However, I will tell you this. I am currently off the Sam Darnold train, and you have a lot to worry about your baby boy. Because he looks absolutely lost. Did you watch that game Sunday? Or at least see the highlights? <clears throat> of course I watched it, and I'm worried as well. But, you know, I just put on YouTube the Cowboys game from a few weeks ago. All right. So that's fair, but that's a game. Now, what I don't like is this. I've always said this about rookie quarterbacks on bad teams. I don't expect you to win games that you shouldn't win. Now, the Cowboy win is a good win, and every young quarterback kind of gets their win like that, right? And and But let's be honest. The Jets played well in the first half. They didn't do shit in the second half. Darnold didn't do anything in the second half, nor did that offense. They hung on to a lead that went back and forth between bad calls and they got a stop on a two-point conversion. If that game goes into overtime, who knows how it ends. Either way, you can't take a win away from the Jets. A win is a win. But I will tell you this. I see a guy that looks completely shook. I see a guy that doesn't have any confidence. And I see a guy that isn't making in-game adjustments or game-to-game adjustments. And that scares the shit out of me. Because I can live with the interceptions that you're trying to force a ball in when, you know, you're trying to make something happen. I can understand a fumble when your left tackle completely gets beat by the D-end. What I can't take is just completely throwing the ball up for grabs. And just, here it is, take it. I can't take the fumbles holding onto the ball for way too long when you know now in your second year that can't happen. And at USC, that was a major problem of his. And I'm not going to compare the two in just purely a vacuum, but I don't know if you're watching many of the Giants games, but all Daniel Jones does is make in-game adjustments. All he does is make game-to-game adjustments. And I will tell you this. If Daniel Jones doesn't succeed, it will not be because he loses confidence or he doesn't have you know, the ability to command a huddle. He just might not be good enough. But Sam Darnold looks like he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And he looks like he, like, that offense goes on the field and they have no confidence in him. And that's a real problem. The Jacksonville Jaguars don't have Jalen Rams anymore. And that team looked like the 85 Bears. Yeah, it absolutely worries me. I'm not going to throw it all up to one game. I mean, again, if you're making... It's two games... Dude, he has seven interceptions in his last two games. He played the Patriots. Seven. Seven in two games. I don't care if he played the Patriots. He's seven interceptions in two games. Listen, I agree with you there, but I I can't make evaluations based off two games. Am I happy about it? No. Oh, come on. Oh, come on, man. You have, you, you have to... You, you, the Patriots' defense is really good. But he didn't even give them an opportunity to sniff the end zone. The Patriots are really good, but they're not that good. The Giants hung with them for three quarters, and the Giants suck. Listen, the man. Redskins had a lead on them in the first half of a football game. Listen, man, just like you hung on to Eli for about five years too long, I'm going to have to hold on to him till at least the end of the season. I'll probably come on here screaming 
in a couple weeks about the same exact thing that you're saying right now. But I need a little more time to see what we got with him, especially with this offensive line. I'd be scared shitless to go out there and throw the ball when I know I'm going to get pummeled every time too. He needs to figure it the fuck out. I don't know if it's uh, – you can't say it's because of the whole being out a couple weeks because he looked pretty good against Dallas. But, yeah, I need a little more time to evaluate the guy. Right now it doesn't look great though. No, and that's the only thing I'm saying is when again when I look at bad when I look at young quarterbacks on bad teams, wins and losses really don't matter to me. They don't. I'm just looking for in game decision making. I'm looking for game to game decision making. And I'm looking for do you have the confidence in the huddle of your teammates? Do does your head coach believe in you? And I'm telling you right now. I don't. I don't believe this will happen because as bad as the Jets are, there are other teams that are actually much worse than you. Notably, the Bengals and the Dolphins, and I might throw the Redskins in there too. But if somehow, some way, the New York Jets find themselves in the first or second pick in this draft, I truly believe that Darnold will not be your quarterback. I, I'm right there Into- with you, man. Because Gase has no allegiance to him, and Gase doesn't really love him. And how do I tell that? He's not letting him throw the ball. He's not letting him open up the offense. He doesn't think that he's capable of doing it. And Joe Douglas didn't make this decision. Thirdly, the template has already been set for a quarterback-GM tandem to move on from a first-year rookie quarterback. Now, I know Donald's not a first-year rookie quarterback, but you could lump him in with Rosen from last year. If The Jets will not trade up for a quarterback, but if they find themselves drafting first or second, I do, I do not hesitate to believe for a second that Douglas and Gase will look at each other and say, okay, if all things even, which means that we have really no talent on this team, and we are starting legitimately from scratch. Does Sam Donald give us a chance to win, or should we draft a quarterback? Gun at each, each other's heads, they're going to say no. We're going to move on. And that's a problem. And the only thing that gives me confidence about Jones is the owner, the GM, and the head coach are all in on him. And what happens to quarterbacks that get moved on from? There's a separation between some kind of combination of the three. Well, now I'm agreeing with you, and, and and that's just because, as much as the the Maris haven't been the best at uh, in the last couple of years at running the organization with some of the draft picks they've made and everything, they're still a much better ownership group than Woody Johnson, and the Jets are still a shit show when it comes from the top down. And I completely agree with you there, and that's what's scary because it they're just running in quicksand. They're running in quicksand. They're obviously in turmoil. The Giants are too, but it's hilarious because as bad as the Giants are, and we'll talk about them you know, when we finally get into the games, but this is a more important conversation for right now. When we talk about the New York Giants, you know, it's not like their second overall pick that year is a bum. They took Saquon. And even though I disagreed with it at the time and thought it was time to move on from Eli or at least take on his, bring on his successor, who in this draft, who in that draft class are you feeling really good about? Baker just lashed out at the media and he's regressed a lot. Darnold looks lost. Rosen's not starting in comparison to Fitzpa- Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
And Josh Allen is good, not great in in uh, Buffalo. The best player in that draft is obviously Lamar Jackson, but he went in the 20s, and he's on a great team. So aside from him, you know, nobody that I feel I'm really looking back and saying, wow, Gettleman fucked up there, you know? You take on Saquon. And if Daniel Jones is the guy that they believe in, at least it's it's a – it's between all three of the most important parts of the of that organization: the owner, the GM, and the head coach. Well, absolutely, because you're not going to waste a year, uh, essentially, by drafting another quarterback. This year, you guys can build your offensive line, which is not the best in the world, and you can no. get some skill guys as well. And your skill guys aren't bad either. I mean, let's Evan Ingram's probably a top five tight end in the league. Shepard, when he's healthy, is a pretty good. He's a top five receiver. tight end in the league that also leads is a top five league leader and drop passes. But yeah, you're right. As far as the talent is concerned, he's real good. Listen, the Giants, as, a, as awful as they are, and they are awful, they make, they, the Jets make them look like a 10-win team. And well, that's my the problem, problem is that with the Giants, even if they're playing, again, New England or anyone in the league, I'm at least confident that that I can enjoy watching the game and that they're going to go out there with a game plan. And the problem with the Jets is Gase aside from the Cowboys game, has not had a good game plan. And even if there was a semblance of a game plan, Sam Darnold didn't execute it. And there's really, aside from Le'Veon Bell and I guess Robbie Anderson, there's really not that much talent out there. And that offensive line is terrible. And see, that's my piece, right? Like, I totally agree that they're terrible. And when I look at Darnold, I don't expect him to win a lot of games. He has nothing to work with. He has very little to work with. I'll say that. And... It's, it's not really fair to judge him. I just purely go off of what I see from young quarterbacks on bad teams. And when I look at Jones, I don't look at, you know, a guy that is a tremendous player. I don't look at a guy who is a first ballot Hall of Famer. But I see a guy that gets better every single play, every single mistake he makes. Like, perfect example, and we'll talk about the game's you know, we'll get into it because I'm sure people are tired of hearing us talk about this Jets-Giants scenario. But in this Lions game from past Sunday, in the fourth quarter, Jones misses Saquon on a rollout in the end zone horribly. Just long darts it. Terrible throw. Like, I mean, I could make that throw. You could make that throw. Sean, I have a thousand times better of an arm than you. Don't ever put me second. He completely, he completely, he completely long darted. The next play, they, there was a fade route to the end zone to Ingram. Barkley calls an audible, knowing that he can get the next, the same play before, from the play before to Saquon and makes a perfect throw on the run in stride. And, like, those are the things where, okay, the Giants lost that game, I get it. But literally, the next play, he makes that adjustment against the Pats. He puts up 17 points. Now, the Giants aren't good enough to win that football game, but even though he made some mistakes, he made some real good plays too. And those are the things when I'm looking at young quarterbacks, I'm saying, okay, is the Giants offensive line better than the Jets? Sure. Are the Giants skill position players better than the Jets? Sure. Are the Giants skill positions and offensive line players all that good? Not really. Like, not really. I don't expect Jones to go off and win, you know, 8 of 12 games. 
but everything I see from this kid is he will never be scared. He's always in complete control of the huddle in the game, and he has the utmost confidence of his coach, his GM, and his owner. And even though I have major concerns about Shermer, I don't know if he's the right guy for the job. His play calling leaves a lot to be desired, but he loves him some Daniel Jones. And Gettleman, even though I think he's done really well in the draft, I have concerns over his ability to bring in free agents and bring in trade assets, but he loves him some Daniel Jones. And John Mara, who you knew was a major component in picking Eli's successor and loves him some Eli Manning more than anybody, maybe a little too much. He might. I, he loves him more than me, and that's saying something. He picked Daniel Jones. And all that says to me is, okay, this team has their future quarterback because he make, he does everything you want to see from a young quarterback on a losing team. And when I see Darnold, I see all the things that make, you know, he looks like Mark Sanchez to me. He looks like a guy that when you take talent away from him, he has no idea what he's doing, and he's incredibly limited. That's all I'll say on that. Would you agree, disagree, or what are your final thoughts? I think he's a lot more talented than Mark Sanchez. I think Sanchez at best is a game manager. If you give him a team with a roster like, I don't know, the Vikings, or you talk about somebody with a lot of skill position players and a great defense, you give him the Rams or, I mean, probably not the Patriots because they, they don't have that many great skill position players or somebody along those lines. He's going to win. I think Sam Darnold has the ability to make a lot more plays. I just think he's a little bit lost right now and needs to figure it out. But, listen, the jury's still well out on him. I'm going to give him till the end of the year before I decide to make a decision on that. Um, let's talk about the Giants and the Lions before we move on to our slate here. You mentioned it earlier. Now, Jones did play well, but Matty P got the best of you guys. And I think even though we didn't make our picks, we kind of both expected that. Yeah, I thought this was, again, a winnable game for the Giants, and honestly, they had their chance to. And we didn't talk about the Giants-Cardinals game, but there was a stretch in the Giants-Cardinals game where Jones threw a 35-yard pass in stride to Evan Ingram, who dropped the ball. The next play, Saquon busts out of the fucking line for 35 yards. I think it was actually 40. And gets called back for a 10-yard holding penalty. Giants are forced to punt. That changed the game. In this game, in the second ha- in the second quarter, two minutes and 30 seconds left, two, 2.30 and change. The Giants force, finally, their defense forces the Lions to punt after Stafford's throwing the ball all over the goddamn place. They run into the fucking punter. Five-yard penalty, first down Lions, they end up kicking a field goal, and then they get the ball to start the second half, and they t- and they score a touchdown. That changed the game. That was the game. All the Giants did was score on them in the second quarter, and it didn't matter. Um, you know, losing teams make those mistakes. They do. Um, Jones had a fumble on his first drive. After that, he threw for four touchdowns, no picks, 370 yards. Had a really fucking good game. I know the Lions secondary was a little depleted, but I'll tell you one thing, man. Jones was just impressive. He was 
he, he was converting on every single kind of pass you could make, the short passes, the intermediate passes, the the middle, you know, skinny post and the deep ball. Um, Slayton had two touchdown catches. Barkley looked like a monster in his second game back. The defense just sucks. The secondary is god-awful. The run defense was real good. Um, they gave up a third and 15 for a touchdown. Like, it, it's just, you know, they made all the mistakes that losing teams make. But at the end of the day, again, I'm not looking for them to win that kind of game. It would have been nice if they did because they had a chance, just like they did in the Arizona game. But stupid penalties and inopportune times, um, you know, that's going to cost you. But I thought Jones played great, and at this point, that's really all I'm looking for. Yeah, man. Um, you, you Better evaluation or no? No, no, no. I, I, you got to be happy with the way – Jones is playing. You just got beat by a little bit better of a team at home. I don't know what the Lions are going to do with the running back position, but the way Stafford's throwing the ball around this this season, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. But again, like this was another winnable game for the Giants, which makes me question Shermer. Like I, I think you have to bring him back because you don't want a Jets situation where you know you're giving a rookie quarterback a second offense and a second head coach in two years. I think that's the only reason you keep him. But I don't know what they're going to do on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, you bring in a Leonard Williams. That's great. I don't know why they didn't trade Jenkins. Unless they plan on bringing him back for a one-year deal, which could happen. And obviously, we'll wait to see, so I won't kill the decision to not deal him just yet. But... I, I thought that you should have, even if it was a third or fourth round pick, you should have dealt him because this defensive backfield fucking sucks. It's so bad. I, I I can't I can't recollect a secondary that's given up more third and tens in my life than what the Giants do. But it is what it is. You know, DeAndre Baker. I was saying this to Frenchie the other day. The, the, the one position that you see the hardest adjustment to in the rookie season is cornerback. And when I look at DeAndre Baker, I don't look at a guy. Like, when I saw Eli Apple play, he looked like a guy that just had no ability to play the position. Well, when I see DeAndre Baker, yeah, he's playing in New Orleans, but he's playing in, in special coverages. He's not like a, he's not a lockdown back. corner. Right. When I, like, when I looked at the Mukamara, like, I thought he was a better player for what the Giants actually were. Like, he, he actually was okay. But when I look at DeAndre Baker, I'm like, this guy's a player. He just needs to learn a couple of adjustments, and he's not quite there yet. And at least he's physical enough and strong enough to adjust in from what years one to two. And I'll take that. I'll take his rookie mistakes, but he doesn't look lost, and I feel encouraged about that. Sam Beal is supposed to come back in a week or two. That's encouraging. Um, but I don't know. I, this Giants defense, the secondary sucks. They're going to lose games. The mistakes are what killed me, though. The mistake, the, the terrible mistakes and, and just getting off the bad starts, those kill me because your rookie quarterback's always playing from behind. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. The stupid, the stupid penalties, and and it's gonna kill any team. And 
The Jets are up there in penalties. I believe the Giants are pretty close to the Browns as well, running into the running into the punter or the kicker on uh, when they finally force a punt. That's just a backbreaker. And, and as a quarterback standing on the sideline or anybody, that shit sucks because it's just stupid, stupid plays. Terribly stupid. All right, man. Let's get into the uh, let's get into the slate. Vikings beat Redskins in a, in an enthralling Thursday night game, nineteen nine. What you what'd you take from this game? I'm sure um, a lot, right? Kirk Cousins. There's not really much you could take away if you want to call this a revenge game for Kirk Cousins. He didn't really have to do much. I think he threw for right around 200 yards, but it was more like the Dalvin Cook show. This week was uh, pretty much chalk, uh, unless you want to say that the Chargers. That the Chargers beating the Bears was kind of an upset. Aside from that, every every prediction looks like it was. This is the week that we should have we shouldn't have taken bye weeks and we should have made our picks because every favorite I believe won. Aside from that, um, yeah, I mean, the Redskins suck. They're worse than the Jets, and that's pretty much it. The Dolphins look better than them. It's crazy. I mean, they put Haskins out there, and he has no opportunity to succeed. Like, they, they clearly don't believe in him. They're throwing him in there as a last resort. Um, it was an underwhelming performance by the Vikings, but these Thursday night games are bad because do you think either of these teams are really prepared to play? Because I really don't. If this was Sunday, I think this would have been like a 28-6 to six kind of game. I mean, Thursday night games are always a little sloppy. They're tough to watch. And they, they, I don't know, they just always seem to be the shittiest game for the most part, except for, uh, was, was that, uh, was it the Vikings against, against the Rams last year? Or was it the Chiefs against the Rams that were on a Thursday night? That game was a lot of fun. But aside from that, well, yeah. both, well, there was there was a Viking Ram game on a Thursday night, and there was that historic Chiefs Rams game on a Monday night. Yes, yes, yes. You're right, and those both of those games were a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, every player that you talk to hates playing on Thursday nights when the weeks are short like that. But usually, it's the defense that struggles, right? Generally speaking, yeah. Just because they're gas and whatnot, but the I mean, the Redskins could have played any fucking day of the week. They could have had three years off and they still would have sucked. I I just think that Kirk Cousins, they were just like, Hey, here's the lead. Don't do anything stupid. He's he's a very, very expensive and glorified game manager at this point. He is, but you, let, let's give him some credit. Prior to this game, his last two, three games he was Oh, he was really like, good. Listen, no disrespect to being a game manager. You can win a Super Bowl with a game manager. He was putting up all time numbers no, he, for about three weeks. I was just going to say, he, he was putting up he was putting up some of the top, top you know, three quarterback numbers. Oh, like, he that's was really putting what up it the was. numbers for yards and touchdowns, completion percentage, quarterback percentage. Trust me, I know. But then if you go out and you do that against the Vikings, I'm going to, I'm sorry, I mean, against the, uh, against the Redskins, I'm going to call you a game manager. I'm sorry. Yeah, but you know what? For a game like that, especially on a short week, that might have been all he needed to do. Well, clearly, of course. It was 19-9 and you're playing the Redskins. I don't really have much evaluation to take away from this game. It's the Redskins. I mean, between them and, and the Steelers game, what what do you have to take away from it? Aside from the fact that the Vikings have a, have a much more talented team than the Redskins, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I agree am interested okay. to see. Uh, it looks like he might go next week. Darius Geis is going to be back, the running back, former LSU Tiger. 
Um, and he tore his ACL last year. He was a second-round pick, I believe. I'm excited to watch yep. him run behind that terrible offensive line. But still, I mean, it'll it'll be a nice refresher from Adrian Peterson's, you know, 2.2 yards per carry, hopefully. Hey, Peterson actually has had a couple of nice games this year again. He has, and- he has but it's more it's more – it's not quality, it's quantity. They're just giving him the ball a million times and just killing him, telling him to pound the rock. He's only averaging like 2.3 yards a carry. And don't get me wrong, in his prime, he's, in, he's a Hall of Fame player, but it's hard to watch the this Redskins team. Oh, it's impossible to watch him. And I think it's more because of the quarterback situation than anything else. But and I think you could put up um, an argument that they have, they have a, a significant amount more talent than than the Miami Dolphins, but the Dolphins look like the more competitive team just by how hard they play. It's hard to say that after Monday night. Um, Dolphins but... got off to a 14-point lead, though. Aside from going getting a lead on the Patriots on a trick play or whatever they ran on that reverse, have, have you can't say that the Redskins play hard. Oh, I disagree with you, man. I mean, they, they did beat the Dolphins. They had a lead at halftime against the Pats. They only lost 9 nothing to the Niners. Like, I think that they actually have played representatively. They just don't have any talent. Same as the Dolphins. I look at those teams as really the same. I just and think unfortunately, they like dogs, honestly. And we'll see if Trent Williams plays. Listen, if I... He's if not I, going to. He's hurt. He can't. He, he literally became. He entered his holdout because he knew he was going to miss the rest of the year with an injury. Wow! So he's going to hear that part. Yeah. So I mean, I, I applaud him for that. That's just good business. But we'll agree to disagree about the Redskins. I actually think Who that they do the play hard. Guy. Yeah, they, I actually think they do play hard. They're just not very good. So let's move on to the next game on the slate. This was Seahawks Falcons. Seahawks win twenty seven twenty. I'm tired of this Falcon team. I'm an idiot, and they make me look like more of an idiot every week when they lose. Uh, it wasn't a pretty game for Seattle, but again, it's a it's a West Coast team going across the country to play a 1 o'clock game, a 10 p.m. game their time. But they took care of business. In the NFL, a win is a win, 27-20. And, um, you know, they're, they're staying alive in that NFC West that is currently occupied by the undefeated 49ers. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They look a little bit better than I think both of us thought they were going to look this year. And you know what? I have to give Matt Schaub a little bit of credit because I think he threw for close to 400 yards. He had a good game. I mean, Most of it was was just trying to catch up. I understand that. But nonetheless, 400 yards is 400 yards, and I don't think he started a game. I don't know the last time he played in a game, but the last time he started a game was 2015. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. But you know what? He's another one of those guys, and when we get to that Chiefs-Packers game, he does remind me of a Matt Moore, where, like, even a Josh McCown, I don't give a fuck how old he is. Like, he, he'll he never not know how to play the position. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that team just sucks. And they really, really suck. Was, uh, the, the, since you brought him up, I was really disappointed the Jets didn't bring him back as kind of a player coach because – you know, I, I have to give him credit. I think he did a good job helping out Darnold last year. Well, you gotta you have to remember that they didn't anticipate Simeon suffering a season-ending injury, and I think he was a good asset to that team. I mean, you could have made a case that he was one of the best backups in the league. Oh, you're absolutely. But right. once he once he got hurt and it became Luke Falk, you know everything went to shit. But 
Um, I give the Seahawks credit. You know, a win is a win. I don't give a shit how how glamorous it is. Um, they beat a team that they're much better than, and regardless of the venue, the time, or whatever else, they won the game. Rams beat the Bengals 24-10 in London, and it ended the Andy Dalton era. The Cincinnati Bengals are moving on to Ryan Finley starting this coming week, week nine. I think it's a good move by them, see what the kids got. And um, obviously the Rams got back on track. Their defense was great. Uh, Ramsey had another really good get, really good game in the secondary. And, you know, again, a really good team beat a really bad team. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be a good time to ask uh, Frenchie what he thinks of this Finley kid because I don't know what school he went to. I don't know what he looks like. I, I couldn't tell you a single thing about him. This was before my college football expert days. Well, Finley is from uh, North Carolina State. And he was actually lauded by Mel Kuyper Jr. Mel Kuyper Jr. absolutely loved Ryan Finley, who went in the fourth round this year. And he hated Daniel Jones. Like, he went up and down the line from the combine after, so like, hooting and hollering about how good Ryan Finley was. Ryan Finley was, a, uh, was an interesting prospect last year. Frenchie didn't love him. I think when we look, go back and look at the French five, I think he had him like six or seven of quarterbacks. But um, and he's got some talent. Uh, he's huge. He's like 6'6 six, six or 6'7 six, with a good arm. He played well in the preseason. I remember that. But, you know, the interesting thing about the Bengals, before we talk about the Rams and how big of a win this was for them, you know, the Bengals are an interesting situation because they have a lot of holes to fill. And it's kind of been a foregone conclusion that they're going to take the quarterback because they're going to finish with one or two wins, maybe even winless. And I still think that if you're betting, you're gonna they're gonna take either two or Burrow because they'll finish in one of the you know first two slots. But let's see if Finley shows them a little something, something. Yeah, no, no never a better time. And they to have do some it. receivers. You AJ might they Green's might go the way back. They might go get a Chase Young, the best player in the draft, the D end out of Ohio State. They might go target the. Um, they might go target an offensive lineman to pair with Jonah Williams, who's due back next year, or a top cornerback. I mean, they have a lot of opportunity to fill some holes. They could maybe trade back to a team that is in desperate need of a quarterback and would trade three first-rounders, which might be the price tag and the rightful price tag that the Bengals have on that pick that they'll occupy. Um, either way, I think they're in a good situation, but let's see what this kid has. They actually have some players at wide receiver and at running back. Like their skill position for a really shitty team aren't terrible. No, they're fine. Um, on offense, that is. On defense, they're a sieve. But um, let's see what they end up doing. But I think this is the right move for them. What did you take from the Rams? Are they are, are they back on track, or was this simply a product of just beating a terrible team? I think it was more beating a terrible team. I have to see Golf do it when he's in a shootout, when he's playing from behind. Because he, he's, I mean, all quarterbacks are. He's a front, but him more than anybody, he's a front-running quarterback. When they're down 10 or more, the Rams, I'm like, holy shit, this game might be over already. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the other thing I took from this and watching the games all this week, the bottom of the NFL might be worse now than it's ever been, man. Between the Dolphins, the Redskins, the Bengals, and then up a tier, I guess you would put the Jets, the Giants. No, I would probably, I, I'm sorry to tell you, I think the Jets are right there. 
I wouldn't put the Jets. I wouldn't put the Jets down as far as the Dolphins and the Redskins, but they're Why? definitely right there. And you know what? The Cardinals, they're they might be finding their way out of this. Cardinals have three wins, man. I know, absolutely, and a tie. No, the Jets. I hate to tell you this, but your Jets belong with the rest of those teams. Listen, as long as we got that dub against Will's Cowboys, that's all I give a shit about this year. I just want to see Darnold figure it the fuck out. Well, they have, you, you're you're making your proclamation more based off hope. I'm going to go based more off the fact. Well, they I'm calling the show. I'm just being the Giants fan in the room. Yeah, they they have one win. Well, no, listen. I mean, the Giants have two. The Giants aren't good. The Giants have will be drafting in the top seven again. But everything about this team and the future of this team is much more optimistic than anything the Redskins, the Jets, the Bengals, and the Dolphins have to offer. I'm sorry. Like you're, you belong in that in that in that list. It just is what it is. But either way, let's move on to the Chargers Bears game. Do you have a leg? Like, do you have an operating leg? And can you maybe hit a forty yarder? Because probably not with a bunch things... of grown ass men that are giants running at me. But I might do better than the whoever I the think Bears it's time that they. I think that the, this is the time that they uh, give Morgan the kicker for the U.S. women's national team, a uh, an opportunity to go get some field goal tryouts because I, I think they should. Um, Eddie Pinheiro is the latest in the long line of Chicago Bear kickers that don't know how to make field goals. They missed a potential game winner against the L.A. Chargers, who are another team that seemed to always be snake-bitten by Chargers. Well, yeah, the Chargers, top three for that are them, the and Bears, also with head and coaches. The yeah, these teams are kind of like mirror images of each other, in my opinion. Rivers really doesn't look good. Like, he, he has taken multiple steps back. I mean, yeah, you want to talk fell, about falling off a he cliff. He fell and he fell because he was pretty good last year. He was. I mean, listen, they... they they went to the second round of the playoffs last year before, you know, losing in the past. I mean, they, they did beat Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in Baltimore last year, but he looks terrible this year. That seems no good. I'm surprised they didn't trade Melvin Gordon because Austin Eckler is clearly the bell cow of this team. They like him a lot, and Melvin Gordon hasn't done shit since he's come back. And they still found a way to win this game because – it's Mitch Trubisky, it's Matt Nagy, who clearly, and, and I'll get into, I want to make a point on these quote-unquote, you know, offensive gurus in a second, but again, this team is so much better than what they've shown, and it's unbelievable how just they can bring in kicker after kicker that miss plays, and I know they're not, the kicker is never the reason the team loses, they're just put in situations to win and, and you know, take the blame when they don't succeed. But, my God, I mean, this team just doesn't look anything like it did last year. I agree with you, man, but my thing is this. If, if you're going to tell me and you just said it yourself that the kicker is the reason why you're losing the games, then that's bullshit. It's the quarterback, dude. Trubisky, and at least the one thing I can hang my hat on is that the Jets hadn't traded up and passed up on a uh, on a Deshaun Watson as well as a Patrick Mahomes to get a Mitchell Trubisky like the Chicago Bears did. 
This guy is done. I've seen more than enough of him. He's fucking terrible. I've always hated him. I've never thought he was I've, good. I've and never you liked him, but I mean, now I can just say that I hate him. No, he's terrible. Sure, he's, he's a great absolutely guy. absolutely terrible. Not the point. So, I, again, you know what he is? He's a combine manufacturer. He's a guy that started 13 games in college uh, for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Yeah, it's not like he has was, a great arm. It's not like he was sitting behind, you know, the uh, somebody at Ohio State or something. No, I mean he has a great arm. He's got great speed and athleticism. He's a huge guy. He's got everything that you could possibly want in a player, other than the fact he doesn't know how to play the position. Other than that, he's great. Unfortunately, that matters in the NFL. Now, last year when they went 12-4, and the defense carried them, and Nagy put him in a lot of positions to succeed, right? Like, we saw him on a lot of rollouts. We saw him on a lot of short pass conversions. We saw him use his legs to get first downs, this, that, and third. I'm sick and goddamn tired of these quote-unquote offensive gurus. Matt Nagy. You are supposed to be an offensive guy with an innovative offense. I know that Trubisky is challenged, but you've got to figure out something. You don't have nothing on that team. You have Allen Robinson. You have Cohen. You have Montgomery. There's talent on this team. Not to mention a solid offensive line and a decent tight end. Dude, they look – how vanilla do they look? Seriously. Like when you watch them, like how boring is that offense? It's uh, it's right up there with the Titans. Not to mention the fact that the quarterback sucks. So that not only is the offense vanilla, but the ball doesn't move down the field. It's three and out every single time. It's so bad. It's so bad. And like, I, it's the same thing with Shermer. Like, I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt when Eli was a quarterback because I said, okay, you've always had more of a uh, of a of RPO, run the ball, and, you know, roll out the quarterback kind of offense. And Eli can't do that. Okay, so you bring in Jones, who can. And this offense fucking blows. Like, they they have Saquon Barkley, who's arguably the most prolific offensive player in the NFL. You have an Evan Ingram. You have a Golden Tate. And eventually when he comes back, a Sterling Shepard. And this offense just looks so bland. It really, truly does. So I'm sick and tired of these coordinators and these quote-unquote offensive gurus who just don't... And and I'm sorry, dude, look at your head coach. Like, I know you had Falk. Falk doesn't have any business being in the NFL. But, dude, can you please do something? I mean, Adam Gase, like... Do something to change it up, unless you really don't believe in your players, which is a different story. But maybe that's it. Maybe Nagy doesn't believe in Trubisky and won't take chances. Maybe, maybe uh, Gase just doesn't believe in in Darnold and won't give him the opportunity. But I feel like if you're an offensive genius, no matter how bad your personnel is, you should be able to make something work on occasion, right? Yeah, I agree with you completely. And I think the thing is with that defense, and you've seen it over the past couple of years with the Jacksonville Jaguars, when you, last year they were putting up points, he was putting Trubisky in a good position to make plays. That defense was playing at a high level. I mean, they have really haven't had any turnover on that defense. The players are the same, but they aren't as good this year because 
they're running off the field after every time on a three and out, and that gets demoralizing. You saw that with the Jaguars, and you've seen that with a few other really good defenses as well. I just, I think they're fucking sick and tired of teams not being able to put up points. I think so too. I think it's pretty obvious. All right, man. Titans Bucks in the battle for two teams that really fucked up the 2015 draft. I was saying I was hoping Mariota would go, but it was Tannehill. He got the. Well, I was just gonna. I was just going to say, one of those quarterbacks didn't even play, and that was Marcus Mariota. Titans beat the Bucks 27-23, Tannehill now 2-0. What would you take from this game? Not much, my friend. Just, uh, I can't bet on the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are my version of the Vikings for you. I was trying to think of a team to come up with this whole time since you came out with that genius idea of the ultimate stay away. I won't go near them because one week they'll put up 53 in London or whatever they did, and then the next week they'll do this against the most vanilla team in the NFL. These are two teams that are destined for 8-8. Eight and eight. What else can you really say? Yeah, this is, these are two teams that will be uh, looking for quarterbacks in, uh, in 2020, and I think one of these teams is going to pay Nick, is going to trade for Nick Foles, and I think the other one's going to overpay for Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, Teddy is going to be looking at probably a $25 million paycheck. Yeah, the only, the only other option is if uh, if a guy like Fromm or Herbert falls to them and they like them enough to draft them. But I think that those are two quarterbacks right there off the bat who will hit the market. Um, just this, just I, two super frustrating teams going at it because they have talent on both sides of the ball more than probably most of the teams that we've mentioned down in the bottom half. I mean, they've got a lot of skill players on offense, and defensively they have some players as well. And listen, for these two teams, it's all about the quarterback. That's all it is, man. I mean, like you said, there is talent on both these teams. And I give Tannehill credit. He's played well, but again, he's Ryan Tannehill. Like, he's not taking you to the promised land. And if you're the Titans, you better not be fooled by this. Um, there are two middling franchises that, they're not good enough to be in the playoffs, and they're not bad enough to be, you know, in the top six or seven draft picks, which means they're kind of in NFL purgatory, and, and that's not a place you want to be. Eagles come out of a really bad ass whooping by the Cowboys and go up to Buffalo and kick the shit out of the Bills, who I thought were a pretty good team, 31-13. What did you take out of this game? I, I really, I, I thought the Eagles played their best game of the season. Absolutely, and I think the Eagles are only going to get better. I mean, I know that defense is just straight Swiss cheese. Uh, they're not really generating any pressure on the quarterback, and that secondary is terrible. But I think when Deshaun Jackson comes back, that gives Wentz another safety net. That deep ball that he can throw up there adds a different dynamic to the offense. They finally decided to just unleash Sanders, who I think was by far their best running back, and he had a game Great and a game. half. Um, and, and and from the other side, I mean, are the Bills pretenders? I, I, I think I'm leaning closer to pretender than I am contender. It could be. I mean, I mean, certainly, you know, your argument carries weight because they haven't done shit against good teams. But I still think they're. I still think that they're a pretty solid squad. I think that they just got punked, and I think the Eagles knew that their season was on the line, and they just knew that they had to play their best game of the year, and they did. So I, I think it's kind of a combination of the two. I'll be looking to see what Buffalo does, you know, the next couple weeks. But at least for week eight. 
I mean, the Eagles just kicked the shit out of them, and, and I give them credit for doing something that, you know, most people go heading into the season when they looked at that game on the schedule said, you know, this should be an easy win for the Eagles. Um, I really want to hear your take on this game. Colts beating the Broncos 15-13. You had some Joe Flacco giving some post-game comments about the play calling and how bad it was and how they're scared to go for wins. You had Jacoby Percet playing a hero, escaping a safety and making a deep ball throw down the sideline. Um, I don't know what you took from this game. I'm excited to hear about it. All I took from this game was sports seems really good and the Broncos don't know how to win. No, the Broncos, the Broncos just suck. I mean, and the reason why they suck is because Joe Flacco sucks and he hasn't been good in about four or five years. And maybe they would take a few more chances, and I know what he was complaining about. I believe it was a third down play where he wanted to, he wanted the ball in his hands and they, they decided to go elsewhere with it and, and run the ball or something like that. And maybe if he had, hasn't sucked for what? I don't know if they had a bye week yet, but about seven weeks of the season, if he hasn't sucked, they probably would. But clearly they don't have any confidence in him. And, and as for the Colts, I mean, again, you lose a possible MVP candidate and you're playing like this. I think Brissett's been incredible, and they did just enough to win this game. And if you're going to be a playoff team, you've got to win a few of these games every year unless you're the New England Patriots and you roll to what looks like 16-0 and without a hiccup. Yeah. No, I agree, man. I, I really totally agree with you. Um, I think that, as I said before, Broncos are afraid to win. They just don't want to lose. And I look at a Colts team that Jacoby Brissett deserves a lot of credit. And now that we're eight weeks in, I think that it's fair to are say you, that... My question here is, are you, are you siding with Flacco or are you siding with, with the Broncos from what you've seen the first seven weeks out of Flacco here? I always side with the quarterback who's been there and done that. I know he's not great, and I know that he, he hasn't been good for a while, but they did trade to get him. They did decide that he's their starter. And watching them lose a couple of games, I mean, this team could easily be four and three, or five and two, or five and three, whatever. You're the really fuck. a little because you picked him as a playoff team, but Joe Flacco. No, it has nothing to do with that. It is if, so dumb. That, it's not even funny, man. If you watch the Bears game, if you watch a couple other of their games, it went right down to the wire, and they didn't win because they were not aggressive enough to make plays that could have possibly given them the, either the lead or the win late. I just think and, Flacco, Flacco's about five steps slow, mentally and physically, and he just can't make the throws that he used to. And I don't know whose fault that is. It, probably John Elway's for, for making that trade and making him listen, the start. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to sit here and tell you that Joe Flacco could make this team a Super Bowl team. But I'm also not going to tell you that they've done everything they can to win a couple of games. They played incredibly conservatively in a lot of situations where a lot of teams go for wins. And when you look back on their season, and I'd have to pull it up, and, and I'm sorry for not having it at the, tip of my fi- at, at, you know, the end of my fingertips here, but I, I really do believe that there were about three or four games that the Broncos could have won that they didn't. And I do, I do agree with Flacco because he does know what it's like. He does know what it's like to win. Vic Fangio certainly doesn't. 
And there's a bunch of other players on this team that don't know what it's like to win. And I, I do believe that they should have went for it. They should have been more aggressive. You're on the road. You have nothing to lose. You're not going to be a playoff team. You knock this Colt team out of it and, and send them to a loss at home. And you just don't do anything to step on their throat or force their hand or whatever, you know, adjective you want to use or comparison you want to use. I don't give a shit. They should have played harder and they should have went for it and they didn't. And to me, that's an indictment on the coaching staff and I'm, I'm siding with the quarterback. I always will. I always will side with the quarterback unless it's a guy that has never shown an ability to lead a team down the field. Flacco, even in his worst of days, can. This team doesn't have, especially this regime, doesn't have any any kind of cachet to say, oh, we should just play, you know, for the tie or for overtime. You're on the road. Go for the fucking win and you're not a playoff team. Am I wrong? No, you're definitely not wrong about that. I just think Flacco's washed. and, and That's fair, but I, those are two different conversations. Well, I'm just talking about his comments where it's like, dude, I haven't seen you make more than probably five NFL throws, not even this year, but in the past how many years? But he is their starter. I understand. And that. you're a losing team. So what do you have to lose? The worst thing that happens is he throws an interception and you lose. Oh, you're right about that. I I just don't think it's just a shit show out there and I think Flacco has a lot to do with it. I think it's Flacco, I think it's Fangio, I think it's the an underperforming defense. I mean, there's a lot to worry about. Uh, Flacco, though, is hurt, and uh, he might not play again this year, so we don't have to worry about that. All right, Saints, in Drew Brees' return, take down the Cardinals 31-9 in the Superdome. Uh, did you think they should have started Brees, and what did you make of his performance in his first game back? To go back with what you just said, if Drew Brees says he's ready, I'm going to side with the quarterback 10 out of 10 times. Um, I obviously thought he looked electric. I mean, he was playing the Cardinals. That's a nice, easy way to come back on a soft defense. And I looked more at Kyler and, and Cliff Kingsbury, and they suck. They've sucked for like about the last two, two three games. Yeah, unless you're playing the Giants, right? Well, yeah. We're, we're not going to bring that up. I'm, we've already talked enough about the Jets I and the Giants. Did. But... I'm more I'm more concerned with Kyler with the regression and whatnot. Again, you know your your two best running backs. One doesn't play. One gets hurt early in the third quarter. But I just don't. I didn't see any. I guess you would call it electricity out of him that he usually has. Maybe maybe the Saints defense is for real for real, and they're one of the best in the league. But I was a little more disappointed in the Cardinals. I knew that the Saints were going to roll in this game. I just thought I'd see at least double digits out of them. I feel like you just contradicted yourself. I really don't. I I don't know how you could possibly think that the Cardinals had a shot in this game. And if you're going to call they any had a game, shot at all whatsoever, I said I think the Cardinals are going to we're going to roll. Sorry, excuse me. I said the Saints were going to roll in this game regardless because that team's one of the most talented teams in the NFL, even without a Drew Brees. Clearly, because I think Teddy Bridgewater went five and zero in his absence. I was saying that I think I, I, I was upset with not only the lack of points scored out of the Arizona Cardinals, but the play calling as well, which I've called Cliff Kingsbury to the carpet previously in this season before as well, if you don't remember. Rookie quarterback, 
terrible offensive line, not a lot of offensive talent against one of the best defenses in the NFL in the Superdome. I do not put this game on the Cardinals even a little bit. This, I'm not putting this game, game on went, the Cardinals. I just said I expected them to blow them out. I just thought that yeah, the Cardinals you, you, would have you, a better defense, uh, offensive like concept. I thought they would call better plays for Kyler to make him look a little bit better out there. I don't think they have the personnel to, to match up even a little bit with this Saints defense. This Saints defense is really good. Like, really good. I agree this is a defense. You, again, if you're Cliff Kingsbury, and, you, and again, we're talking about the Broncos who have nothing to lose. If you're the Cardinals and you have nothing to lose, put your guy in a position to make some, some electric plays and, do, and take advantage of what he has. And running the ball up the middle with your fourth string running back or whoever, I don't, Lord knows who was even running the ball because Kenyon Drake wasn't there yet, another Edmonds? guy that was traded. No, Edmonds was out at the beginning of the, uh, right after the half. He went out with a hamstring injury. I think it was Alfred Morris was running the ball. Yeah, that's not good. Watching, them, way, hand I... off the ball, watching them hand off the ball to Alfred Morris three times is not what I want to see out of this Arizona Cardinals with Cliff, with Cliff Kingsbury. Blech. Sorry, that's tough to say. That's okay. That's actually a tough name. Um, no, I, I, the only reason that I'm kind of pushing back on you a little bit is I, I didn't expect this game to be close, but I didn't expect the Cardinals to score many points. Like you're, you're Again, rookie quarterback, terrible line against a defensive line and a, and a defensive you know, scheme that is conducive to beating up on young quarterbacks no matter how good they are. And they're in the Superdome. It, it just, the recipe smelled for a regression as far as, you know, production. I don't think it's a regression on Murray or on Kingsbury. You just ran into a juggernaut. And, and as good as the Saints offense has been with Bridgewater taking over for Breeze, that team is a legitimate defensive force, and they will absolutely take advantage of a poor and inexperienced offensive team. And that's what the Cardinals are, especially going East Coast. So that's, that's my only pushback on you. Otherwise, I agree with you. We, neither of us expected it to be a game. You expected the Cardinals to score a couple more points. I really didn't expect them to, to put up a whole bunch of points, especially when I looked at the game that they had played against the Giants the week previous. They didn't look all that great. The Giants' defense just looked fucking horrible. And when you play in a, a defense that's actually capable of making stops and, and stopping the run and containing the quarterback and doing all that shit, I, I, don't, see a, I don't see a team that's really capable of, of doing a whole lot. So... That's what I took from that game. Um, 49ers-Panthers in the blowout of the week. Are you ready to call the 49ers legit, man? I absolutely am, and it's more based off of their defense. I know that they put up 51 points, and that whole team went off. Um, Coleman had four touchdowns and whatnot. Uh, this defense is incredible. Nick Bosa is already one of the best um, defensive players in the league. I think he's easily defensive rookie of the year and I think this team is legit solely based off of their their defense and because you don't I don't know about Jimmy Garoppolo yet but with a defense like this and some skill position players around him I think that he can do more than enough to win Kyle Allen everybody needs to chill on him I think when Cam's good and ready he'll be back yep totally agree on that 
Um, I do have a little bit of concern, though, over what the Panthers' decision-making is going to be because we heard Cam on the trade market as a peripheral trade candidate. What are they going to do when he comes back? I do pump the brakes on Kyle Allen. But this is less about the Panthers to me and much more about the Niners. Absolutely. Garoppolo is fine. That defense is unworldly. I think we really have to talk about how good they are. Yeah. um, I think us and everybody else really underestimated this defense, and they do everything well. Obviously, they cover incredibly well, get to the quarterback, but it's the little things that they do. You know, stopping the ball when it's it's third and third and – third and whatever it is and the guy's about to get to the change you push him out of bounds a yard and short basically right right? whatever you want to call it they they make the little plays they make the adjustments that are necessary in the game and i just think this is a really smart and talented defense i agree with you i i think that you know john lynch deserves some credit for his evaluation of you know just performance players on the defensive side of the ball because he took a lot of flack for his, you know, lack of draft picks and trading, you know, picks for players that aren't all that good. And uh, apparently, you know, this this just goes to show in the NFL, we have to give it a couple of years because players can become all-stars and pro bowlers within the span of a year or two, especially players on the defensive side of the ball. Because, you know, Frenchie, Frenchie made, this play, made this comment the other night when him and I were talking about DeAndre Baker of the Giants. DeAndre Baker got better coaching at college than he'll ever have probably in the pros. Absolutely. And that's, that's, cra- just, and that's just crazy the speed to of think. the game, period. It takes a few years, I'm sure, for those guys to adjust to it. Oh, easily. So it's like, you know, when you have a Kirby Smart or, or a Nick Saban or some of these other guys, it, it, it's you're getting better defensive coaching than you ever are on the NFL level, and it takes some adjustment, and it takes, you know, as we just said, the speed of the game. All of that combined is tough for these guys. But here in, in 2019, this 49er defense looks as about, about as good as you can possibly get. And Shanahan, you know, can coach an offense. Garoppolo's doing enough to win games. There's some skilled players on that team. They brought in Emmanuel Sanders, who had a touchdown reception the other day. Um, I don't know how you can't feel great about this 49er team. I know that people are going to continue to overlook them because they play out West and there's, you know, they haven't beaten anybody tremendous, but to me, I, I don't I don't know how much longer you can overlook it. They're really good. I mean, I think you definitely have to call that a statement win, especially against a Panthers team that's pretty frisky. I think they won a couple games in a row before this, so Yeah, Kyle Allen actually looked pretty good. Um, what do you make of that quarterback situation in Carolina before we move on? Um I think after this performance and Kyle Allen Although he's won a bunch of games, aside from his first one and a half to two games, he hasn't been a world beater, and I think that Cam comes back. You have to play Cam, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't um, know how you can't. He's unless Kyle Allen was setting the world on fire and he was having three hundred, you know, yard games and a hundred and 
whatever 25 quarterback rating and, and just looking like the second coming of, of, I don't know, John Elway or something. I, I think you're going to have to stick with Cam, especially if you didn't trade him. Cam might be a, a trade candidate to somebody crazy in the offseason, but you're not obviously moving him in the in the season, and especially not when he's hurt. And when he is healthy, you're going to move him back to the starting role. I like Kyle Allen. I think he's done an admirable job. Maybe he'll latch on somewhere as a starter or a backup to somebody, or maybe he shit he even stays in Carolina as a safety net, but Cam Newton's a former MVP. He's gone to a Super Bowl. He's an, he's a tremendous talent. They locked him up long term. It's hard to imagine moving on from him. All right. Deshaun Watson, the MVP, my MVP just a year too late. Yes, he's moved up from the quarterback rankings. I don't want to talk about it again because <laughs> he's proving how good he is because he's healthy. And uh, that I offensive line has figured it. things out. They just can't stop him from getting kicked in the face. But hey, well, he still threw a touchdown. So. <laughs> Dude, he's so good, and I've never questioned his talent. Obviously, I mean, I saw what he did to my Crimson Tide a couple of times in championship games, and he is—he is tremendous. It's just been a matter of can he stay healthy and can he can he get his shit figured out in big moments. Obviously, he has. They beat the uh, they beat the Oakland Raiders in a really good game, twenty seven twenty four. What did you take from this game? All I took from it was Deshaun Watson is is the reason that this Houston team is where it is, and Oakland's is a lot. Oakland's a lot better. I don't know when the last time they played a home game was because their last technical home game was in London. I think they have. I gotta imagine like it's been like three seven. or four weeks ago, right? If you, yeah, if you include if you include the London game, I think they have something like five to seven road games in a row. So I don't it's know crazy. if they set that up for later in the year because this is their last year in their stadium to just have a bunch of games in a row. You know, just to close it out in Oakland. I don't know why they did it like that, but. They did, and I'm sure they'll be happy to get back home in the near future. But Derek Carr, he played all right. Most of the po- most of the most of the yards and everything he racked up was a little bit more in garbage time. I I, I want to see him when Tyrell Williams comes back fully healthy because aside from Waller, who's a tight end, so he, I wouldn't even call him a deep threat. He doesn't have a deep threat, and his average yards per carry is like five. Yeah. I mean, to me, honestly, Houston is just a team that is a little bit better than the Raiders. But that doesn't take anything away from the Raiders. No, so they no, got no. punked. They got punked by the Packers the week before, but that was two weeks after their London trip, and they need to get back home. They're a West Coast team, but I just think that Houston's better, and they proved it in this game. And Watson made the big plays in the big moments. But I do give Gruden credit. Like, this is one of those games that's like, I'm going to give the Texans credit for winning the game at home and keeping pace in that AFC South. But I, I, I do it reluctantly because I look at this Raider team and we expected them to suck and however much of a dumpster fire they were and the whole Antonio Brown thing and blah, 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 blah. You know, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. But Gruden has this team playing really fucking hard. And Carr's had a little bit of a renaissance and am I ever going to call him a top five or even ten quarterback? No. But he's good enough to win you some games, and that team plays really hard for Gruden. 
Um, I, I thought this was, there's a no really, drama I thought there. this was a really good game. I mean, Burfick's gone for the year, and Brown's obviously not there, so there's really no drama. You haven't heard any any negative out of Raiders camp since those two left. Far cry from hard knocks, right? Absolutely. I, if you told me they were going to be this kind of team, I, I would have told you you were crazy after watching that. Couldn't agree more. All right. Talk about a drama you want to talk Patriots team, Browns because I want to talk about this. You go first, though, because I'm interested to see if you have a rant in you. We haven't talked about this before. Did you possibly hear the Mayfield uh, bullshit from before in the press conference? Um, I saw a blurb this is just on wonderful it, I, didn't, I didn't listen to the audio yet. I've been busy with my other jobs, but... Um, I mean, I believe that he walked out on a, in a press conference or something. This this season has gone to absolute shit. And you were really wrong about the Broncos and a few other things, but you were really right about the Browns. This team has way too much talent, but Freddie, Joe Kitchens, and, and Baker, they're just making a mockery of it. Yeah, so before I get to the game, so what happened today in a beautiful situation was reporters were kind of getting on Baker's nerves a little bit. And Baker, you know, gave him shit and walked out and then tweeted a couple times defending himself and saying, this is who I am. And if people want, you know, the politically correct and, you know, really authentic, you know, inauthentic quarterback, that's not who I am and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I'm sick and tired of losing and I want to win and this is getting to me. Sounds a lot like Jamal Adams, just from a much more important position. I just hate that shit because it's like if you're – and I think it's hilarious too, but if if you're going to be Mr. Cocky and all this shit, when you lose, you gotta you got to be the you, – not humble, but you have to own it because – Do you remember what Baker you can't talk out of both sides of your year? mouth because then you just look like a fraud. Couldn't agree more. Do you know what Baker Mayfield's record was last year? Um, I don't remember. It wasn't wasn't too good though. Yeah, he went five and ten. Yeah, and everybody was talking about how great he was. Uh, he's not great, and this team again. And I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it's games like this that really give me validation to discuss it again. All they were were loudmouth players that never won shit. And listen. I thought the Giants did Odell dirty. I think Odell came at the worst possible time for the Giants for a quarterback that was well past his prime with no offensive line for pretty much his whole career, no running game, and no good head coaching, not much offensive mind. Okay, fine. Totally with you. And you know what? He deserves better than that. But he obviously has not done anything in Cleveland either. And that just goes to show how little a wide receiver, especially a deeper wide receiver, matters. Right? Especially and when you don't have an it, offensive line to give the quarterback and, time to get him the ball and the quarterback's not good exactly, enough. Exactly, and that's what he had and that's what he had in New York. And all I'm gonna say about this is I saw it coming from a mile away. And it's not to toot my own horn, I've been wrong about a lot of things. But remind me what Odell Beckham Jr. has won in the NSL. Nothing? Okay. Remind me what Jarvis Landry has won in the NFL. Nothing? Okay. Baker Mayfield? Five games? 
You played with the Browns, dude. You might as well have won the Super Bowl. All right. What was their schedule? It was one of the hardest in the fucking league. This does me no good other... Like, this brings me no pleasure other than just euphoria. Because all they did offseason was talk. And bullshit and talk. Oh, Daniel Jones, all that matters is winning. Really? Really, Baker Mayfield. Because... All winning does in college is mean that you're going to be a top draft pick for a horrible team. That's literally all it does. Like, Tom Brady, he was a sixth-round pick, right? Is he the best quarterback of all time? I think so. Joe Joe Montana was, I think, a third-round pick. Yeah, he's the second-best. Like, that doesn't mean shit. You played at Oklahoma. You're always going to be good. In the NFL, that's what matters. And you decided to, dis- to talk about Daniel Jones and how he was picked out of Duke. Now, listen, everybody had their picks, their questions about Daniel Jones. You, as a quarterback for a team that hasn't done anything, shouldn't be the one to ask those questions. Odell Beckham talking about the Giants and how they sent him there to die. Okay, even if that's true, get the fuck over it and make your team better. This does mean nothing but happiness. I know that I hate the Patriots and I want them to lose, but you know what? All this game did was say, this team is a dumpster fire again, and welcome to reality, Cleveland fans. It's just done in a more dramatic way. Sorry for the rant. I just, I love it. I don't really think we need to recap the game because you pretty much gave us a synopsis of the last, what, eight, nine months of the Cleveland I hate ranting about this team. Like, I just do, but, like, it's just, it's too easy. The Patriots are really good, as per usual. Hopefully, within the next 20 years, I can say that they suck, but I can't right now. They're a great team. That defense looks really good. That offense is rounding into form. Uh, Let's move on to the next game, because there's not much to say left on that one. Matt Moore did a pretty good job keeping the team in the game in, uh, in Kansas City on Sunday Night Football. But Aaron Rodgers made too many really good throws, and and he's Aaron Rodgers. Okay. What was your take on that throw to the back of the end zone? Was he trying to throw it away, or was he actually trying to convert that pass? Because that was one of the most incredible throws I've ever seen. I think he was was converting the pass, man. I don't question Aaron Rodgers. I don't question Mahomes or Rodgers when they do crazy shit like that. It's hard to. Um... He's amazing, and this and this Packer team looks like a a legitimate candidate to win the NFC, right? Absolutely. I mean, they don't even have their all worldwide receiver in Devontae Adams, and Rodgers is obviously one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So he's making it work with Valdez Scanling and Allison and and whoever else he's got out there. But they're they figured out a way to make those running backs wide receivers, especially Aaron Jones, and this defense. We've talked about it all year. They they pretty much ratcheted up to another level in the midseason as well. Whole new level, and it seems like before and and Rogers are starting to they're starting to get a little bit of chemistry. You can still see the tension come about at certain points. Is Matt so. Lafleur the best looking coach in the league? I find myself um, somewhat attracted to him. Wow, strong. Mm-hmm. Um, can you name a better looking coach? Haven't really thought about it. Um, McVay's good looking. Ah, Dude's yeah. jacked. Who who's jacked? McVay. Ah, he fills out a polo nice. I 
take a good look at Matt LaFleur the next time on the sidelines and tell me that you're not, you know, blinking your eyes at the TV. Peyton's aged well. Who? Sean Payton. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, there's something about Peyton that I just don't, I, it just doesn't do it for me. But, uh, you know. All right, well, well it's a you nice, can talk about your man crushes another time. It's a nice change of pace from guys that wear cutoff sweatshirts that, you know, are 40 pounds overweight. I'm not taking you're shots not into, here. You're not into your crazy eye looking head coach, uh, Adam Gase? No, I'm not into him. Not into Belichick. There, you know, he has flaws. All right. Well, this is a this is a topic that I think on a slow winter's day for like a Monday rundown, we should go over like most attractive coaches. I'll get you a list. All right. I'm sure you will. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm sure everybody else is as well. All right. Fortunately, I guess this was a game, so we should talk about it just to round out the slate. Monday night, I didn't watch a second of this game, did you? I did, I did. When I saw it was 14 We were Dolphins, recording, and I was like, I'd rather watch anything else. I, I saw it was 14 nothing Dolphins, and I threw the game on, and then the Dolphins became the Dolphins. Uh, Rudolph made a couple really good throws. He made a really was nice... Was Rudolph playing? It's a Hodgins play. Nope, Rudolph played. And he got wow. his bell rung one time, and he came right back out there. Nice to see. I wish him... Nothing but not CTE. I hope he doesn't get it. Um, but, you know, they, Connor went off. He went out late in the game. He looks to be hurt. But this is just a more talented team beating probably the least talented team in the NFL. What else do you really have to say? Fitzpatrick was slinging the ball around the yard, but, of course, he threw a couple interceptions to end the game. Did the Dolphins throw this game? Because I did hear some controversy that, like, on 3rd and 25, they, like, sent a blitz and allowed, like, four Pittsburgh Steelers players, like, wide open lanes for touchdowns. Uh, there was there was a couple times where, where I had my, my questions. But, again, I, I if, you're, if you're betting on the Dolphins, you're a fucking idiot to start with. If you're betting on, on either side, but especially betting on the Dolphins. Yeah. This is another one of those games where if you bet on the Dolphins, you're going to tell me that wasn't even aired. I don't feel bad for you. No, I wish this game wasn't even aired. Uh, as I said, I didn't watch a second of it, and out of all the other games that I could dissect and analyze and talk about, this is about the least important because the Steelers, I don't think, are all that good. They're on a second-string quarterback, and uh, obviously, the Dolphins speak for themselves. So. Here's nothing else to say. Tom, we didn't pick last week. You want to recap week seven? Yeah, why don't you give me the recap because you have it uh, written down, and then we'll jump right into our picks for this week before we say goodbye till next week. Okay. In week seven, the New York Giants played the Arizona Cardinals. We both got that game wrong. The New England Patriots played the New York Jets. We both got that game right. Boy, that was an ugly game. You saw some ghosts too, right? I'm still seeing ghosts, bro. All right. I had the Green Bay Packers against the Raiders. I thought the Raiders would cover that game. They most certainly did not. Uh, The Packers crushed them. You had the 49ers in a nine and a half over the Redskins. They only won by nine. Nine nothing in that game where everybody was like, surfing on the field because of all the rain uh, in the worst stadium other than Oakland in the NFL. And finally, 
have the Jacksonville Jaguars covering their game that week. And I got that game right. Three and a half point spread. And, uh, and they covered that one. That was against the Cincinnati Bengals. I just looked it up. Yeah, they, they, they easily took that one. And for your sperm bank pick of the week, you took the Rams. And uh, that was against the no Atlanta Falcons. Bank. Yep, that was against the Atlanta Falcons and Jalen Ramsey's first game, and, and they took care of business. So we both went 2-2, two and two, everything equalized. Uh, nobody gained ground on anybody. So it's time for, after a bye week for us, uh, inadvertently, but a bye week nonetheless, we move on to our week nine picks. And uh, Tom, why don't you start with your New York football Jets? They are at the Miami Dolphins. They are favored at the Miami Dolphins. I would predict that this is probably the last time all season that they will be favored this year. So I'm going to savor the moment. There's too much Dolphins tanking for my taste. And I think that the Jets cover this spread. The Jets will win by three points or more. I hate to do this because I really think your team sucks, but I'm going to agree. I'm going to take the Jets in this game too. They'll win by at least three because – I think the Dolphins will literally try to piss the game away. The Jets will try to win because even if it's not in their best interest, if Sam Donald is their quarterback next year, and unless barring any crazy circumstances, which I detailed earlier in the podcast, the Jets will not be drafting a quarterback in, in April. So Donald's their guy. Can you win a game against a really shitty team? I think they can, and I think they will, especially against a shitty team that's trying to lose. Give me the Jets by three. All right, so let's move on to the next game that is one of our locals, and that is Monday Night Football. The Giants are home against the Dallas Cowboys, a nice little division game. I wouldn't call this a must-win for the Cowboys, but they really should win it, and they're favored by seven points. Give me the Cowboys in this one. I'd call this a must-win for the Cowboys because they don't want to go back to to giving the Eagles a chance. Let's step on the throat of a bad division rival, and that's the New York Giants. This is the first time they're playing the Giants with Daniel Jones at the helm. The Giants are home. It's Monday night. Fans are going to be excited, but it's the New York Giants, and they're not very good, and the Cowboys are, and the Cowboys will win by at least seven points in this game. Give me the Dallas Cowboys. I'm thinking somewhere along the line of 24-14, maybe something like 28-20. Um, either way, the Cowboys are covering this game, and the Giants will fall to 2-7. Uh, and seven. All right, so we both are in lockstep on the locals. Why don't you give me your first out-of-market game, Shawnee boy? Close at the Steelers. They're a one-point favorite at Pittsburgh, and rightfully so. I think it should be a little bit more than that. But, you know, the Steelers have won a couple games in a row, and, and you know, they're fighting for some playoff contention. I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts. I like everything about this team. I love Jacoby Brissett. I love this offensive line. I think this defense is playing well. Frank Reich's a great head coach. Not that Tom one's not, but... I really, at the end of the day, don't think the Steelers are all that good. They've won against some really shitty teams, and even though they're at home, I don't think that matters against a team that's going to be a playoff team. Given the Indianapolis Colts to cover the one-point spread, they are a favorite at Pittsburgh. They'll take this game by at least a point. Um, So that will be my third pick of the week. 
I like that pick. I actually like that pick enough to make the same exact one. My third pick is the oh, Indianapolis Colts minus one. I know I should jump in front of you on these things so you look like the guy copying, but I do have it written down already. Give me Indy minus one. I think this spread is just a little too short for me. I think it should be Indy minus three, three and a half. Yeah, I was thinking two, two and a half. But because Pittsburgh is at home and they have won, I believe, three in a row. So, I mean, they do deserve some respect. But, yeah, man, uh, I, I definitely think that the Colts are the better team and, the, and they're going to take this shit. All right, fourth game. I'll go first because we always reserve your sperm bank pick of the week for last because that's what everybody wants, right? Of course. I've been actually, actually, if people have been betting on the sperm bank pick of the week of recent, I've been earning people some money. So, yeah, they are waiting wow. for Wow. They either right, want to well, see me crash and burn or they want that money. So, I think it's probably the first. Um, all right. I'm going to Seattle. Where? The Seattle Seahawks are a six-point favorite against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, dude, now, I, know I will Tampa- not pick a game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers involved anymore. No, you're not. They're your they're your Vikings, you know, for me, and you know, you're only gonna go against the Falcons. You gotta find a team that's your Falcons where you'll only go against them and not pick them. But I'm gonna go Seahawks here. They're a six point favorite. I know Tampa went to went to um what is that? LA. I still I still wanna call them the St. Louis Rams and I know I'm wrong. They went to LA and they crushed the Rams in week four. That was four weeks ago. That's a long time ago. Actually, it'll be five weeks ago once this game is played. And a lot changes in the NFL in that span of time. And since then, the Buccaneers have been fucking dreadful. I want no part of picking Jameis Winston, Bruce Arians, and your funny hat boys over there in Seattle. I don't think the Seahawks are great, but I think they're really damn good. And I think Russell Wilson's going to be really good. And I think the Seahawks are going to at least win by seven points. Excuse me. Getting a little choked up here. Against the Buccaneers in Seattle. That will be my fourth pick. Seahawks minus six. Give me the shit out of that game. All right, sperm bank time. Let's go. Sperm bank pick of the week brought to you by Dino Hype Co. They doubled up on their sponsorship. Um, Spoke to the CEO, and he just said, you're doing an excellent job. I'm really proud of you. Isn't that you? Listen, don't worry about who it is, okay? He doesn't want to be named. I kind of am. Don't worry about it. But I've been doing pretty well lately. And surprisingly, Sean, looking at my looking at my notes here that I just wrote down, you and I went all favorites this week. We didn't go any dogs. So let's hope it goes chalk for us. Um, I am going to go down to Arizona. After watching Good place to go. After watching what the New England Patriots defense just did to the Arizona Cardinals. I think that the San Francisco Giants, excuse me, fuck. Oh, my God. I think that the San Francisco 49ers defense, are they a twinge better than the Patriots defense? They're neck and neck. I I don't know, but I think they can do the same exact thing that the Patriots just did to them. And that 10-point spread, I'm not worried about it. For the sperm bank pick of the week, give me the San Francisco 49ers minus 10. All right. Well, you just talked about how you thought the Cardinals should have done better against the against the Saints. I don't sure, know how they're they going to do better against an undefeated team. They didn't. Um, 
the fact you said San Francisco Giants again is just, it's awesome. My brain moves too fast for my mouth. That's yeah, just, that's I, just I what know. happens. I, I, that's a really nice way to put I'm not paying attention and the San Francisco Giants are a baseball team. But well, speaking of baseball, way, we got a 4-2 lead. I think it's the top of the ninth right now. The Washington Nationals might be our new World Series champions. Heading to the bottom nine. Yeah, heading to, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're still in the top of the ninth. Bases loaded. And uh, maybe the Nats can tack on one more here. This is a crazy series. If the Nationals win, a home team will not have won a game in this World Series, which I First time I, that's I can't, ever happened, not only in baseball, but in American no sports that's history. Happened. Yeah, there, I was just going to say, there's no way that's ever happened before. So No, nah, trust me, they've been talking about it even more than they talked about how Chris Hogan played lacrosse in the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, that's one of the dumbest things. And if I have to hear about how Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard one more time, too, I'm going to lose my shit. Or Seattle's the home of the 12th man. All I know is my Nets lost again tonight. They're now 1-3. three. I got a lot of questions about this team. We'll talk about that on the Monday rundown. I'm getting sick and goddamn tired already about certain things, including Jared Allen. Um, but this was an NFL Wednesday. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Giants do Monday. Obviously, we'll we'll talk before their game on Monday. The Jets, um, dude, just can they do something? I hope they, so. They're playing the Dolphins. I mean, you, you, <laughs> if, they, if they lose this, if they lose this game. To a team that's trying to lose. And Sam Darnold looks bad. I, I would probably say, Sam, you still have mono. Just don't come back. Oh, I'm, I'm smashing the panic button. But we will be back on Monday with some breaking news. Kyrie Irving is actually going to form his own team and play with four folding chairs. Well, it certainly seems that way anyway because uh, Jared Allen doesn't know how to play defense. And... Uh, Again, 15 turnovers for this team, and they lost to an 0-3 Pacer team, so that's no good. And look at this. Adam Eaton, base hit up the middle. Error by Marisnik in center. Nationals score two more. They're up 6-2 in the top of the ninth with one out, first and third. I think we're about to see the Washington Nationals win their first ever championship. Fuck the Astros. This is beautiful. Wow, that's crazy. I'm streaming the game right now, so I'm a little bit behind you, but who cares? Thanks for letting me know, Sean. All right, we'll be back on Monday with a Monday rundown. Everybody, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the weekend, guys.